educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. I wish there was a way I could warm us all up, transport us all to uh, uh, the Bahamas. That'd be nice, right? Well, uh, happy Monday, another cold, frigid day in the capital city. I hope you're uh, staying warm. And, and yeah, those streets are treacherous. I was uh, just came from uh, from downtown on O Street and, and just saw the, uh, the wreck at 40th and O, the westbound. So they're at least two or three cars involved in that. So anyway, slow down, be careful. It is Monday, uh, 5-10, uh, Monday, January 15th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, and I, I think that's helping because, uh, uh, and Johnny, you're going to be in Miami next week. Good for you. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. Uh, yeah, thanks for holding down the fort. And, uh, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be in a warm environment. I hope it's 60 degrees here, Johnny, next week when you're in, in, uh, the warmer climate. But anyway, cold and snow. That's why we live in Nebraska, right? Uh, so we have something to talk about. Um, but let me tell you what's coming up here in just a moment. It is Flatwater Free Press Day, as it is always on Mondays. And Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater, will join us in just a second. And a special guest a little later here in this uh, segment, Mr. Leo Adam uh, Biga. Uh, he's reviewing a new book uh, about uh, the Starkweather murders uh, here in our capital city some 64 years ago. So anyway... Uh, building up instead of tearing down truth over tr- tribalism, principles over partisanship. How about that? Well, uh, but thanks for tuning in on this cold, snowy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And uh, Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press, welcome aboard. Are you are you sipping uh, something warm, uh, Matthew? I'm sorry, repeat that? Are you sipping something warm on this cold day? <laughs> no, I'm drinking a LaCroix in the office. It's, uh, it's a pretty depressing situation. It's also about 58 degrees in the office. So, yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> suffering alongside everyone else. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it doesn't do any good to complain unless we're going to do something about it. Uh, what's the old uh, adage, you know, everybody complains about the weather, but nobody does anything about it. So <laughs> that takes on a whole new meaning in this era of uh, climate change. But uh, anyway, because there are people doing something about it. So anyway, uh, well, uh, Matthew, welcome aboard. Thanks for taking time to, to join us here on the Monday. Um, you guys got some news about a court case that you've been working on for some time now, and I wanted to chat a little bit about that before we bring uh, Leo on here. But, uh, yeah, uh, you're going to have a day in court here coming up. Yeah, the wheels of justice turn uh, slowly, as as people, people might uh, realize, but uh, they are turning. And, and I'm very excited uh, uh, that the Nebraska Supreme Court, um, you know, has, has taken up uh, our case uh, against the state of Nebraska that that deals with uh, what we feel are uh, public records stuff that the public should be able to see and and haven't been been able to see yet. So yeah, uh, tentative date uh, February seventh um, uh, for the the hearing in that case, and then you know we'll hope for uh, a decision uh, sooner rather than than later after that. Yeah, 
Well, that'll be an important uh, important day for sure. As our listeners probably remember, uh, this uh, has to deal with uh, you making a request, Flatwater making a request to uh, the Nebraska Department of uh, Environmental Control. What's the name of the agency again? Uh, uh, environment close. and Energy. Yeah. Or Energy and Environment. Yes. E-N-D-E. Yeah. Uh, uh, about uh, the coverage of about uh, nitrates in our drinking water, and they wanted to... Uh, for those records, they wanted to charge uh, Flatwater like forty some thousand dollars for these records, and so that uh, that's not how the system should work. And you guys uh, requested the courts to get involved, and they did. You won in the lower court. State of Nebraska decided they wanted to continue to pay uh, spend taxpayer dollars on this litigation, so they appealed, went to the Supremes, and uh, in the Supreme Court, Nebraska Supreme, Supreme Court said, "Yeah, we'd like to have a bite of that apple." So February seventh. So yeah, we're we're hopeful. I mean, it, 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 and and I I do think that you know at the baseline here, the point beyond all the machinations and all the 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 uh, legal talk is essentially. These are public records that the public is meant to, to be able to see, and that's why we're we're fighting for them. Yeah, you bet. Well, we'll keep track of that. And <clears throat> I loved in your newsletter, you said you're going to have to dig out your suit and make sure it still fits come February seventh. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a lot of suit wearing since uh, since uh, COVID kicked off in 2020. No kidding. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, no kidding. Well, uh, Matthew, uh, if you would do the honors of introducing uh, Leo, uh, you know. A uh, author, journalist, blogger, Leo Adam Biga has been telling stories about people and their passions uh, for four decades. And so you snagged him for a, a very cool story we're going to talk about. Yeah, you bet. I mean, Leo is one of the, if not the foremost freelance uh, reporter and writer uh, in Omaha. Um, and, and uh, you know, this story is, is right in his wheelhouse, right? It's a story uh, that involves Nebraska history and, and uh, a new take on it. Um, and I think Leo did a really nice job. And I think this author is really, who Leo's written about before, is really interesting. I think it'll be interesting to your audience because he's a Lincoln boy. Yeah. He turned, uh, you know, a famed crime writer. Yeah, very good. Well, Matthew, we'll uh, let you get back to your LaCroix and the toasty environs of your office. But thank you, my friend, for for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Leo, uh, Adam, uh, Beget, are you with us? Welcome to the Dan Parsons Show. I am, Dan. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is, and, and you know, uh, we can't escape this, uh, this story about... Uh, uh, really, the the start of of uh, the most uh, most known uh, mass murder uh, at the time, sixty uh, some years ago, happened right here in in our capital city. And uh, so you've reviewed this uh, this new book. I guess it came out uh, a couple months ago. And uh, revisiting Starkweather murder spree uh, was personal for true crime author author uh, Harry McLean. And uh, so tell us, uh, tell us, Leo, how you got interested in this story and uh, in this book. Yeah, um, I, I should uh, mention that the, the title of the book is, is Starkweather, the untold story of the killing spree that changed America. Huh. Uh, and the author is Harry McLean, uh, M-A-C-L-E-A-N. And um, yeah, he did uh, a large part of his growing up in, in Lincoln. And I had interviewed Harry and wrote a feature about him 
previously for flat water a couple years ago um, related to um, his being, as Matthew alluded to, uh, a noted true crime um, author. And uh, he's written about some very notable, in some cases, infamous cases. Um, And Harry always brings um, an interesting perspective to his storytelling because um, he's uh, trained as, a, as, as an attorney and he's practiced as nice. an attorney. Nice. So he has that legal framework mind to bring to these stories uh, about crime um, and punishment. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, the Starkweather story is one that was uh, contemporaneous to his own experience. Right. So he was a teenager when Charlie Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugate um, went on their spree in the late 50s. At the time, Harry was actually off at um, a, uh, a prep school out of state. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly his family and anyone living in Lincoln or the Lincoln vicinity in greater Nebraska and surrounding states was so impacted by what happened during that spree that, I mean, uh, even though he was away, yeah. it it impacted him. Yeah. And the reason it's a personal story for Harry goes well beyond that. And we get into this a bit in my Flatwater yeah, story. Yeah. And certainly well, Harry gets into it in his book. You bet. Leo, we need to take this quick little break. Then yeah. We'll come back and, and finish up uh, uh, just after these messages. Come on back. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the snowy, cold Monday edition of the show. We hope you're tucked in someplace uh, and uh, staying warm on this cold uh, winter day here in the capital city. We are visiting, as we always do every Monday, with our friends at Flatwater Free Press, Nebraska's very first nonprofit newsroom. And uh, you can uh, take advantage of that free newsroom. Uh, no paywall. Uh, they'll take your donation because they're a free uh, a nonprofit. But uh, go to flatwaterfreepress.org, sign up for Matthew's uh, weekly entertaining newsletter, and you can uh, get all of that content uh, right on your device anytime you like. And we're visiting with Leo Adam Biga, author, journalist, and blogger. Leo's been telling stories about people, uh, passions, and and their obsessions for four decades, as his uh, bio reads. And he's uh, reviewed a new book out uh, just a couple months ago by Harry McLean, uh, Starkweather, The Untold Story of the Killing Spree That Changed America. And, uh, Leo, I was uh, fascinated by your uh, story and and, uh, how you point out that uh, uh, Mr. McLean's take on the Starkweather murders, he really dives into the, his 14-year-old accomplice, which has been a, uh, a subject of movies and stories and, and books for, uh, for decades now, and that's uh, Carol Ann Fugate. And I know, and you mention it in your, book, in your story, uh, that emotions still run pretty high in this city, because there's people that, uh, I wasn't alive uh, uh, back then, but uh, there's still a lot of people that remember that uh, horrific uh, story. And uh, so you, you mentioned that in your, in your story. Yeah, indeed, and 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 well, and getting back to what I what I was uh, saying in the last segment, um, the reason why this is personal to Harry has to do in part with his identification uh, up to a point with both Charlie 
and Carol, particularly Carol. Uh, so Harry and his brother Mike were juvenile delinquents, actually, themselves, yeah. uh, at the same time. And they were getting into some pretty serious trouble, and they uh, intersected with Lincoln law enforcement more than once, including some of the very figures who ended up intersecting with Starkweather and Fugate. Um, so there, there are these interesting intersections between Harry's own life um, and what was happening at the time. Um, and also, Harry and his brother Mike probably frequented some of the same places that wow. Charlie and, and Carol did. Um, who knows whether they were ever exactly in the same place at the same time. So all of, the, all of these things uh, made this um, uh, uh, a particularly uh, personal story for Harry to tell. And he doesn't get back to Lincoln a lot. And it was quite a challenge for him to take this project on, knowing he'd have to revisit Lincoln, a place that has um, not some of the greatest memories in, the, in his life for him. Um, but uh, it was a challenge that he was uh, you know, happy to take on because he does feel that he is giving maybe the fullest uh, analysis of you know, what happened and, and, and as to uh, Carol's uh, culpability um, or lack of participation, um, he has a certain take on it after doing extensive analysis and investigation of all the records and testimony and whatnot. And so he comes down on um, his belief that, um, you know, um, that she did not participate in the murders um, of her own family that she was not present at the time. Now, nobody will ever know for sure, but that's, that's where he's come down on, on that, and he doesn't believe that, he, that she fully participated or even partially participated in some of the other crimes that she was uh, um, you know, implicated in um, because he you know, reveals that she was very much obviously a victim of trauma so no matter where you come down on her guilt or innocence, no one, I think, can deny that she was a victim of trauma. And uh, the way that the system worked then, um, she was you know, brought into custody along with Charlie. She was given um, no psychological evaluation, evaluation not even a social uh, hmm. evaluation, um, was given no treatment. Um, she was interrogated for many hours over the course of days without any legal counsel at, at the beginning of her uh, uh, being incarcerated, you know, being arrested. Um, so many things were stacked against her. And remember, she was 14 years yeah. old. And she had a, a traumatic uh, childhood. I mean, she was uh, abusive home, sexual abuse uh, in her home. And, and uh, yeah, this this kid uh, meets up with this uh, thug. And um, yeah, there was just it was a different, uh, <clears throat> different uh, judicial system back then. And certainly a different uh, uh, way of looking at uh, at people who uh, commit crimes in the and in, and in, in, in what led to those crimes yeah and you know any anyone who reads harry's book will come to their own conclusions uh certainly um it was it was easy for me personally to uh to uh side with uh, where harry uh arrived at in his own conclusions uh, about carol um and he he never got the chance to interview her uh for the book but when the book was just about completed, he actually did meet with her. And uh, she's living at a nursing home. And uh, 
they had quite an emotional exchange, hmm. actually, together that he uh, he goes into in the book. Yeah, because she's, you know, relatively young. She's only 80 years old, still, uh, still living. Uh, her and her uh, husband got into a serious car accident, as you note in your story, uh, that he was killed in and crushed her legs. And uh, she later had a stroke and uh, largely robbed of her speech. And now she's in a in a nursing home but yeah that i tell you what uh, leo it's it's amazing that that story still has legs i i worked in the attorney general's office for a number of years back earlier in my career and and uh, dealt with uh, death penalty cases and <clears throat> uh, there's still uh, still plenty of people in this city that uh, that remember that crime spree and and have very strong uh, emotional uh, opinions on on that case well, and Harry goes into uh, you know why this case, why why this murder spree has held uh, the public's imagination for so long, and there are many reasons. Um, and you know, part of it was just you know the, the fact that these were two teenagers, um, you know, acting in, in such um, you know a, a reprehensible way, um, and it just it happening just seemingly randomly out of nowhere. Um, and the fact that the victims included people who were, um, you know, upper class, middle class, lower class, urban, yeah. rural residents. Yes. Um, people, uh, no matter who you were, uh, you, you feared for your own safety with, for good reason um, and, until they were, they were captured. And there are, there are many things that have, of course, perpetuated um, the reality and the myth uh, of stark weather. Uh, having to do with you know uh, feature film uh, yeah. portrayals, um, Badlands being uh, the most prominent feature film. Um, there was also a made-for-television movie, uh, and then of course the Bruce Springsteen album and song, yeah. uh, and and many other pop culture references. And this is probably likely to remain something in the public consciousness and imagination for for generations yeah yeah well leo adam biga thank you for for taking a few moments to visit with our listeners here today and uh, we'll follow you continue to follow your work and folks you can find uh, leo's work on flatwaterfreepress.org and his story about uh about the stark weather case leo thanks so much Thank you, Dan. Appreciate uh, your giving me a chance to, to share some information about it. Absolutely. This. We'll continue to follow your work. All right. Well, uh, folks, there we go. There's the first half of the show. Uh, uh, come on back. I've got some uh, things I want to mention here in the second half of the show. And But in the meantime, enjoy the news and the weather and come back after this on 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the Monday edition. We're delighted that you chose to uh, stick around for the second half of the show. Uh, we will do our best to keep you warm and cozy on this wintry day. Uh, well, my thanks, uh, as always, uh, to our friends at Flatwater Free Press, uh, editor Matthew Hansen, and uh, an author and writer, Leo Adam uh, Biga. Uh, really appreciate their time uh, on a cold winter day. Uh, flatwaterfreepress.org, uh, no, no paywall. You can read all of their stuff, uh, all of their great reporting and, and interesting stories like Leo's story about the Starkweather, uh, the new book about the Starkweather uh, murders. So I uh, encourage you to check that out anytime you like. Uh, and if you miss anything, you can always... Uh, find us on your favorite podcast platform anytime you like, uh, or just go to KLIN.com and scroll down on the Dan Parsons page and you can find what you're looking for. And uh, we'd love to keep the conversation going on the Twitter, excuse me, X, and uh, uh, and the Facebook posts. Uh, you can find out uh, who our guests are going to be ahead of time and keep the conversation going uh, afterwards. Well, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, it's our monthly check-in with uh, City Council Chair, Mr. Tom Beckius. Uh, I assume we'll be talking about streets and roads and and snow removal because, boy, it's it's tough out there. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Chris Lofkin from uh, from the newsroom uh, it told me uh, he had already filed his uh, story, uh, but uh, the one lane of the westbound o street is now open and so they're still cleaning up the other lane but you can get through at 40th and o now so thank you chris for that update um but yes uh tomorrow is um uh, yes, yeah, City Council Chair Tom Beck is, I assume, will be talking about uh, snow removal and, and how the city's done. But my goodness, you gotta give, you gotta give them a little break. Uh, uh, I know things were slow to, uh, to get cleaned off maybe today, but, uh, I, I, I physically don't know how you get that snow off the ground after it's packed in there, uh, with the weather, uh, that we've had, this cold weather. So, uh, I don't think anything works other than, um, uh, uh, hopefully warmer temperatures coming up. So anyway, we'll visit with Tom Beckius tomorrow. And in the second half of the show tomorrow, always entertaining, Mr. Ryan Horn, our resident political consultant, is going to join us because uh, today is the Iowa caucus. Uh, you know, we've been talking for months, probably as long as I've had this microphone in front of me, that uh, uh, 2024 is going to be a landmark year for politics here in our country, and it starts today. Uh, the Iowa caucuses are uh, going on <clears throat> in the Hawkeye State right now, and uh, and so we'll uh, break all of that down with Ryan Horn tomorrow uh, about the Iowa caucus. So join us for that. It's always entertaining to have uh, Mr. Horn on uh, the show. And um, 
Yeah, and speaking of politics, there's a couple things I wanted to chat about here this afternoon. Um, uh, the, the Democrat Preston Love, a North Omaha advocate, uh, announced last week that he's going to run for the United States Senate uh, against Pete Ricketts. Uh, but first, uh, Ricketts has a, uh, a primary challenge, a gentleman by the name of John Glenn Weaver, uh, is challenging the senator in the GOP primary, but assuming that uh, Senator Ricketts makes it through that, uh, he will face, uh, assuming that Preston Love uh, wins the Democratic uh, nomination for uh, for the United States Senate, uh, they will face off in November. And so anyway, Preston Love, longtime uh, African-American leader in North Omaha and a well-known uh, advocate for a lot of different issues in Omaha uh, is going to officially throw his hat into the ring later this week. He announced uh, a few days ago that he's going to be running for that seat. So we'll keep track of that uh, as we are the other uh, Senate race. <clears throat> and the other Senate race is, uh, so far, uh, Deb Fisher. Uh, and again, I've I've talked about this before, but a very unique situation uh, because of the resignation, <clears throat> the early resignation uh, of um, of our United States Senator. Um, I forget his name. <laughs> uh, Johnny, help me out. Who's uh, um, okay? So it'll come to me. It'll come. Uh, how quickly f- we forget. He left early to go be president of the University of Florida. Uh, 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 ben Sass. Um, uh, anyway, because he left early, uh, that meant we had to have a special election uh, to fill the remainder of his seat. And so Pete Ricketts uh, was appointed uh, by Governor Pillen to fill out the, the rest of that uh not the whole term, but uh, just uh, the remaining uh, few months, and then he has to stand for election. That's why there's two United States Senate races here in the here in the state this year. And uh, so, anyway, he'll most likely uh, face uh, Preston Love, and of course, uh, Senator Fisher. It's the regular. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, time for her to be up in her election every six years. She was elected six years ago, and so she's uh, running. And so far, there's only one uh, opponent uh, for Senator Fisher, uh, Dan Osborne, who's an independent uh, from Omaha. So anyway, we'll keep <clears throat> track of those Senate races for you and and uh, uh, and, and all of the uh, big races here in Nebraska. So uh, that's uh, we'll continue to to look at those. Uh, the other story I wanted to touch on here before we run out of time: <clears throat> uh, the Nebraska Supreme Court uh, returned a decision uh, on Friday. Um, you may remember, speaking of politics in our state, uh, there was a very contentious uh, legislative race uh, a couple years ago uh, in the Republican Party. And uh, Julie Slama uh, was elected uh, as uh, a state senator uh, in uh, uh, from, I forget where Julie's from, Senator Slama's from, uh, southeast Nebraska. Uh, but she had a challenger, Janet Palmtag, uh, Republican challenger. And, of course, legislative uh, races uh, are nonpartisan. And so whoever the top two vote-getters are in the primary advanced uh, to the general election. And so because they were both um, Republicans, uh, they, they both advanced. And so um, 
But there was a lot of uh, infighting within the Republican Party in that case, or in that that, uh, race. And uh, a defamation lawsuit filed by former uh, Republican legislative candidate Janet Palmtag uh, against the Nebraska Republican Party is headed back to district court. Uh, The Nebraska Supreme Court on Friday decided that the lower court had erred in December of 2022 by issuing a summary judgment, while some key points about the case remained in dispute. Uh, And chief among those was the question of whether the decisions behind uh, these uh, political mailers that the state GOP uh, uh, approved of uh, attacking uh, Janet Palmtag, uh, did it involve actual malice? And uh, and I'm looking at... uh, uh, Aaron Sandiford's story from uh, from Friday in the Nebraska Examiner, uh, and uh, Aaron wrote that uh, uh, because uh, Palm Tag is considered a public figure, uh, she must prove a publisher acted with actual malice, that someone saying or writing something false about her, uh, it was a lie or had serious doubts. Uh, and the high court, just on Friday, sided with, uh, with Palm Tag's argument that a jury might be persuaded that Ryan Hamilton, who was then the executive director of the Nebraska Republican Party, uh, could have done more to verify uh, his research. Uh, and so this all stemmed from, and again, this was a hard-fought uh, uh, a race uh, between two, two Republicans. And just for transparency, I, did, uh, I was involved in that. Uh, in that race, uh, I did some work for Janet, and uh, <clears throat> but the ruling mentioned a uh, a text message exchange between Hamilton, who was the Republican Party uh, executive director, and a state party vendor, which included a copy of the action against uh, Palm Tag's firm. The vendor texted, "Okay, that's not real," and so the issue was uh, that. Um, uh, the Republican Party uh, sent out a mailer uh, accusing uh, Janet Palmtag of having lost her license. She's a uh, commercial uh, real estate broker in uh, Nebraska City, and uh, they said in this mailing that she had lost uh, her license to uh, practice uh, her her uh, profession. And uh, that anyway we'll we'll dig into this a little bit more because i i just find it fascinating uh it's going all the way to the supreme court or it did go to the supreme court so anyway come on back we'll finish up and and talk about this case after these messages come on back you're listening to the dan parsons show on 1499.3 klin and welcome back to a snowy, cold winter day here in the capital city. But uh, hey, we're we're staying toasty warm here in the KLIN studio, and and hope you are as well, no matter where you're at. Uh, just a reminder: coming up on tomorrow's show, a Lincoln City Council Chair, Mr. Tom Beckius, will stop in for our monthly uh, chat, and I'm sure we'll be talking about these roads and street cleanup. And uh, so, stay tuned for that. And because uh, we we've, we've begun the political. Uh, 
uh, process of electing our next president. Uh, it starts today in Iowa, the first in the nation uh, test. Uh, the Iowa caucuses uh, start tonight. And so we'll uh, preview or review all of everything that happens uh, on uh, uh, in the Iowa caucuses with Mr. Ryan Horn, our resident political consultant tomorrow. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. Uh, because, yeah, it's, you know, it's uh, everyone's expecting that uh, former President Trump is going to walk away with that victory in Iowa tonight. And so I think uh, despite all the cold and the snow in Iowa, uh, they're still expecting a, a healthy turnout for uh, uh, for the Iowa caucuses tonight. And uh, I think the biggest question is who comes in second? Is it DeSantis or uh, or uh, uh, Nikki Haley and uh, the former U.S. ambassador and the current governor of Florida are kind of duking it out to see who comes in second. And uh, I don't know if it's going to make much of a difference because Johnny and I have a bet. Uh, we're betting a, a piece of fruit that... Uh, and I've and Johnny knows this that I I said this uh, months ago that uh, former President Donald Trump will be the nominee for the Republican Party. So anyway, tune in tomorrow for that. But anyway, I just wanted to uh, to talk a little bit more about this case that's uh, was decided. Well, was it decided? It was uh, the Nebraska Supreme Court kicked this case back to district court uh, uh, concerning a Republican primary race from a few years ago uh, involving uh, State Senator Julie Slama and her challenger, uh, Janet Palmtag. And Janet Palmtag was a, uh, is uh, and was at the time a, a real estate broker in Nebraska City. And, um, and because uh, that race was... Uh, 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 very contentious, uh, they kind of pulled out and and the Republican Party uh supported uh Julie Slama over uh, uh Janet Palmtag and that that in itself uh when you have uh, two Republicans running against each other for a seat like that typically what happens not always but typically what happens is uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat uh, they typically stay out of those races, and uh, but they didn't. Uh, the Republican Party uh, was very involved in that race, and the accusations were uh, that they sent out a mailer um, that uh, was not accurate. And uh, 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 Janet Palmtag sued the Republican Party, uh, saying that uh, uh, that that race uh, that that mailer was. Uh, was false, and they had accused uh, Ms. Palmtag of losing her uh, her license to practice uh, real estate, and uh, and so the case uh, was uh, came before the Supreme Court, and uh, uh, and uh, the the court said that they agreed uh, with Janet Palmtag and their her attorney that uh, which is Dave Domina, uh, one of the premier. Uh, trial lawyers uh, here in Nebraska, and uh, uh, Slama, uh, Senator Slama did not respond to, to requests for comment in this story uh, that was published Friday by Nebraska Examiner uh, Aaron Sandford. Um, but uh, the party, which often acts as a, a pass-through for donor funds, 
uh, aimed at candidates gave $113,000 to uh, Julie Slama and spent $49,000, uh, almost $50,000 on campaign materials and other actions uh, opposing uh, Palm Tech. And uh, some, some old-line Republicans who unexpectedly voted with uh, populists uh, to change the party's leadership in 2022... Uh, cited this, the decision to get involved in the GOP versus GOP race as a reason that they uh, backed the new leadership. And so uh, they threw out uh, the old uh, leadership and, and they took over the party. And uh, uh, But Dave Domina uh, said the ruling was, uh, <clears throat> and the revival of the lawsuit uh, should send a message. He said, I hope it'll sober up both parties and more candidates and make them more careful so that they focus on issues and not attacks. And so anyway, that we'll watch that case uh, because it's, um, uh, it's important. And uh, anyway, the Nebraska Supreme Court ruled that uh, the lower court uh, erred and it should go back to them. And so we'll keep an eye on that to see what happens next. Um, uh, anyway, and so uh, speaking of th- something other than politics that we can all get excited about, uh, the NFL. Oh, my goodness. How about that Chiefs game um, uh, in that uh, terrible weather in Kansas City? Uh, I knew a few people that were at that game, and my goodness, that was that was brutal. And uh, so anyway, the Chiefs uh, win, and uh, I, they'll go on to face. Uh, we're debating here in the studio who they who they play next, and and currently uh, going on the 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 other game that was supposed to be played uh, yesterday got canceled because of the snow, or maybe it was Saturday. I'm not sure which. Anyway, Buffalo and uh, Buffalo uh, Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing right now, and Buffalo's up twenty four to ten. Uh, with that's uh, well, almost uh, end of the third quarter. So anyway, uh, it's a fun time of year if you're a sports fan, and and we'll see who uh, uh, who makes it to uh, through these playoffs and on to the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, and uh, I know Johnny's pretty excited that your uh, uh, your uh, uh, your Packers, Packers uh, ended up. Uh, in a winning mode yesterday was that yeah there was the game was yesterday or was it saturday yesterday yesterday yeah so anyway uh we'll keep track of that and see because uh, don't you and chris have a bet going on or you just have a you have a love for the chiefs and uh, yeah get over here because i know your mic's not working so i'll make you coming around uh, this side but anyway it's uh uh you and chris uh, lofgren have a uh, it, it's so fun to listen to you guys argue about the chiefs because you like the packers yeah and it wasn't really a bet um so my best friend buys us spoof some sort of spoof shirts on the super bowl champions each year so last year i ended up with a some sort of garbage Kansas City Chiefs related <laughs> shirt. So I will be wearing that tomorrow because they beat Miami uh, yesterday. So I'm a man of my word to grow Master Chris. Well, and it must it was not much of a game. Uh, well, it was a fun game to to, to watch, but uh, if you were a, a Dallas fan, man, it uh, it didn't uh, it didn't go well. And so yeah, the playoff picture is starting to to uh, to become more clear as we uh, 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 get into the heat of the 
uh, NFL season here. So anyway, Johnny, we uh, I know how much you love the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> but you but you do like uh, Taylor Swift, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Poor Johnny doesn't have a microphone, so he's just giving me the thumbs up. So, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, Taylor Swift got more uh, uh, airtime yesterday, and uh, somebody made her a jacket. And oh, it's just, it's amazing. Uh, I, and you've heard me talk about this before. I think uh, Taylor Swift has done more to bring people to the NFL as fans uh, than anyone I can remember in recent history. And uh, the NFL has done more, probably. Uh, exposing people to Taylor Swift who maybe weren't uh, familiar with her. So anyway, what happens if they make it to the Super Bowl? My goodness. Will she perform? Wouldn't that be cool? How about that? Hey, thanks for sticking around on this cold, snowy January day. Uh, We appreciate it very much. Thanks to our friends at Flatwater Free Press uh, for uh, showing up here on this cold, snowy day. So we'll be back tomorrow to do this all over again. Come join us. Now go do good things.